Welcome to the Westside Personalized Podcast, where real educators share their classroom-tested, learner-approved personalization practices. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion and are able to find a few valuable takeaways from the podcast. And so without further ado, let's go to the pod! Uh, Westside Personalized Podcast is back this week, and I'm super excited to have my buddy Michael Matera on the podcast today. Welcome, Michael. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Yeah, and uh, I'm also excited, too, as we're going to get a chance to delve into a topic that I, I am really interested in, where gamification and personalization sort of meet. And so we're going to uh, have a little chat about kind of that crossover and how these two worlds kind of coexist sometimes in, in a classroom. And, uh, and at the same time, Michael is uh, going to be one of our featured speakers at the Westside Personalized Summit that's going to be coming up here May 29th and 30th. Uh, and so we're really trying to just get the word out and get a chance for people listening in to understand what some of those sessions are going to be delving into. And so uh, Michael's going to share a little bit about that as well. But first, in case you don't know who Michael Matera is, where you been? Uh, but, um, but I'm going to let him give you a little bit of background about his story and, and some of the things he's passionate about in education. So, uh, uh, Michael, go ahead. Well, again, thank you for having me, Andrew. I'm excited to be here. This has been a long time coming. We've been trying to like schedule this for a while. And it's, <laughs> it's been it's back and forth. So little brief synopsis of me. I am a teacher through and through. I still full-time teacher. And I'm, I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Love to, to do presentations and PD and go to districts and conferences and share out. And the thing that I like to share out the most about is this idea, this, this notion of sort of the power of play and like what we can learn. Uh, one of the best ways that I've found to sort of engage students and, and truly sort of unlock their sort of potential, sometimes things they don't even know about themselves, is through this gamified model. Uh, when we apply those sort of game mechanics to our course design or to our lesson design, I just see it really, really unlock where students can go. And to be quite honest, what we can do as teachers uh, in that gamified model, really the sky's the limit. I mean, you really can do anything. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little more about what gamification is for those that don't know. Uh, but that's like a big piece. And then kind of another one, not to sound too out there, too like hippie. We're, but we're going there already. First 10 minutes of the pod, we're getting out there. All right. Like <laughs> a goal of mine, I hope no one makes fun of me, but like a goal of mine in my life is I want to change the world. And I think if, uh, if we teachers have that attitude, because we do, we like, we are literally sort of touching the future with, with the students we have. Uh, so through professional development, through podcasts like this, through my YouTube channel, through my own podcast, through my book, like my goal has always been to change the world for the better. And uh, that's what I like to talk about, changing the uh -huh. world. Yeah, it uh, resonates so much with me too. That's sort of how we close out our personalized learning training here at Westside is that uh, I kind of found some information at one point in time that said that the average person, which uh, I'm not sure teachers fall in this category because we have such the potential for our role to have an influence is so much greater, I think. But the average person influences 10 people over the course of their lifetime in a significant way. Uh, and so hopefully, hopefully ours is that's a little wider. A little bigger. <laughs> yeah. And, and even if that's just the case with the 600 teachers in Westside, over five generations, we will impact over 60 million lives, if you think about it that way. And so um, I love thinking about that ripple effect. Um, one of my like favorite quotes in life is, is the idea that uh, legacy uh, is about planting trees under which you shade you do not intend to sit. Uh, and that's like a thing for me. Like I, you know, you don't really know, have to know, or maybe never know the ways in which the things that you share and and start um, flourish. And 
uh, help other people, but uh, be about that work. And that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a fun mindset to have. And I think when you, when you start to realize in big, but in many like daily ways, we all have an impact and we can all share something via tweet. We can help somebody out uh, or like, like in your own classroom, taking the time to sort of change somebody's world, change somebody's view, to notice what they do. It's such a powerful thing. Uh, and I couldn't agree more. And I, and I also couldn't, you know, to sort of merge that with your first point, uh, couldn't agree more that gamification or game-based learning or games and education, however you want all of it, all of it, it's all, all good. Potential to make the that happen. And uh, so for we just dropped a lot of terms there. Um, so if you wouldn't mind untangling that uh, for some people that are listening in, that are like, wait, what are we talking about? What is gamification? What is game-based learning? How are they different? How do they? Everybody's got their uh, suspenders on now. That we're gonna go full nerdy, like. <laughs> We, well, we went way out there. So now we'll come back and put we'll come back in. Uh, all right. So little disclaimer is in the like game community, these words are very distinct and different. And, and there are people that will have long lengthy Twitter conversation battles about like which one and why we should do one over the other. I tend to zoom out. I tend to like look at like a 30,000 foot view and realize they're, they're all good. They're all, they're just different tools, but they're all good. And I, all honesty, like working with multiple tools is, is a great thing to do. So, uh, but diving in sort of the difference there, uh, I'll, I'll say games in education. It, the idea there is kind of more of a playful spirit. So kind of like global play day, they like, like literally want you to bring in a, a board game and play it, uh, have kids play it, have kids really generate it, like not be teacher led kind of just old school play. Mm-hmm. And there, there's power in that and there's like creativity in that and there's community building in that. That's so excellent and so powerful. I really would suggest a lot of teachers think about adding those kind of game moments, maybe instead of, or like in a, in a replacement of kind of the Friday movie day or something that some, some teachers do. Um, a lot of kids now have just endless access to media, but what they don't have endless access to is meaningful like communal moments which games have. So like switch out the Friday movie day for like Friday game day, uh, I yeah. think would be a easy slam dunk. Next sort of term you talked about was game-based learning. Game-based learning is where you take an off the shelf game and use it to sort of like it, it pairs well with what you're teaching. So a uh, science teacher here in our school, I hooked her up with this game called Pandemic. It's a board game about like spreading diseases and trying to like keep those diseases under control and come up with mm -hmm. cures for them. And she does like a disease unit class. Uh, that'd be game-based learning. Gamification is what is it about those things? So this is, this is a sort of dissecting a game. What is it that's in Monopoly that's so motivating, that's so inspiring? What is it in the game of golf that gets you to spend hundreds of dollars and hours on the weekend mm -hmm. that make you want to go out and do that? Like a game is a series of challenges and School is a series of challenges, but we know on face value, kids will choose to do the game challenge, but won't choose to do the school challenge. So could we, as game designers, if I was to make that leap, that as teachers, we could be these game designers, could we take those lessons and maybe apply some of the game mechanics, some of the things that are happening in the game to our either one day course lesson or like possibly your overall unit or overall course design 
to, to fully engage a student so that it's something that they want to approach, something that they want their minds to sort of be churning on all the time. That would be kind of the three breakdowns of those terms. Well said. That was great. And it's good to start there because I think that those subtle distinctions will drive the design, um, whether, like you said, in a lesson or a unit or for the duration of a semester, as you start to wrap your mind around what it means to bring game elements yeah, really into those learning experiences. And uh, from a personalized lens, or at least, and I'll be brief with like my experience with this because I could really nerd out too. I had implemented an entire personalized unit uh, that I'd gone through about two or three iterations with for science fiction and then decided that, well, what can I do next with this? Because engagement is pretty high because a lot of the choice opportunities and the ownership that students were having with that. Uh, but then I said, well, what if we, yeah, what if we turn, turn this into an immersive learning experience where we almost created this narrative and you were experiencing the course as if you were part of a story. Uh, and so some of those game-based pieces where we're gonna learn through actually playing the game and, and the goal was to try to get themes and ethical dilemmas that were a part of the reading into the learning experience. Uh, and so I did a lot of this through video um, and kind of like scripting things out. And it was really probably too extensive. I'm shout out to Paul DeVossi too for all the collaboration he and I did back and forth on that. Um, great guy. But, uh, but it was amazing to watch personalized learning units just sort of be heightened or just have this, this, uh, just this lasting impact because it was an experience to be a part of something that didn't even feel like school. And so <clears throat> I'll kind of throw that to you, I guess, and say, uh, I think sometimes when people think about adding games to what they're doing in the classroom, that they feel like that there's just this whole other thing that they have to do versus I, I, my contention would be that it's almost a layer you build over what you're already doing um, that just really has a sort of a lot of creative but intentional outlets uh, in the midst of that. Um, 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah. So if we're talking about gamification, that last thing that I defined uh, where we're talking about adding those game mechanics, don't get like super freaked out. We're not talking about gutting what you do, throwing it out and doing this like massive overhaul of your class. We're talking about putting an intentional layer over what you do that's going to amplify what you do. You're going to like all of a sudden connect maybe two concepts that weren't connected before through the game mechanics. You're going to see student engagement where kids kind of want to do that extra bit of reading because it might unlock something in class. It might give their group, which is like a whole nother thing, like the, the social aspect of games. And I'm not talking about social in terms of like off task behavior, like the, the, <laughs> the chatting muscle. up and yeah, like yeah. But the social, like being part of a community, like this is a huge fact in games. 80% of gamers do it for the social aspects. So a game mechanic would be really nice in, in that, like the game then can function as the, the communal piece and you could still grade separately. Right. So keep your, mm -hmm. group points, your game points separate. Uh, but what we're talking about is just laying this over the top. So, uh, a good example would be for my first unit I did this year, my first year, not my first year gamifying, but my first unit. Uh, I just put my kids into these guilds, these groups, and they got to like name their guilds. They had to like, they cared about who they were as a team, but then we would just like plug away at some of the content and some of the content had like creative names based on like the, the theme of our game or we're in the realm of nobles, which is like this medieval time so we were going through this like training camp to become like a knight and like really enter the rest of the year so th that beginning of the year where you're like learning how you want to hand things in learn you know logging into the google classroom all that boring junk that is terrible to be honest but you have to do it right it's <laughs> yeah. like a necessary evil uh 
now it like got wrapped into the game. So like kids were kind of excited and like teams were sort of working together. Kids were helping each other authentically through that. You know, you have the kid that knows every button to click and can sign in the Google Classroom in two seconds. You got the other kid that's like looking for the on button on their Chromebook and boom, now these like groups cared about each other. They were trying to like band together because they knew venturing out into the rest of what is just my classroom, venturing out into the rest of my units. Yeah. That guild was going to be like a meaningful piece for them. And so they cared about each other and they worked together. All of that needed to happen anyways. It took me an extra like probably hour to like design this training camp. I, I made some graphics and some other things so that I wasn't just handing out white sheets of paper or whatever. Like I, right. I themed it up a little bit, but <laughs> it was an extra hour of like making intentional choices, just like Monopoly. Like they were like, Hey, we're doing a real estate game. We're going to have like railroads. We're going to have utility companies, right? Like they took a moment to think about what would exist inside that world. I took a moment to think about a training camp for becoming a knight. And what do I want it to do? Like log into the Google Classroom. Like, could I come up with a different name for Google Classroom? Like, can I say that that's like the round table? Like you guys have to like check into the round table, right? And now I refer to it as the round table as opposed to Google Classroom. Yeah, and I love that. And that's something that uh, we'll do a brief plug to. I love listening to Well Played Podcast, your podcast, and kind of picking up little details for your, anything you can incorporate into your game. But really just that idea that sometimes it's just about renaming the things that you're already doing uh, to just sort of, it's almost hype machine like, on some level. 100% kids, kids have, I mean, I say this, you'll probably hear me say it when I come to speak with you guys, like kids have an endless imagination. It's like us adults that have sort of put our lives on these railroad tracks and it's, you know, like I go to work or whatever I do, like I mow the lawn and I like, blah, 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 right? Kids, like they want to be on an adventure. They want mm -hmm. more than what's in front of them. And I think that's why they love video games because it transports them to some other adventure. place, right? Yeah. Some adventure immediately. So I tell you, like, and I don't even care, like you could be the AP chem teacher right now, listen to this. And your kids, I guarantee you, would care more about like logging into the round table if you did like a Realm of Nobles theme than they would about like just logging in. And I know you're going to say like, ah, oh, they're just going to download the vocab terms. They don't care about disagree 100%. Like kids have endless imaginations and they want to mm -hmm. be a part of something bigger than they are. They're already taking the AP thing. They're already doing what they're supposed to do. Like give them that dash. And I think you'll see when you give them that moment to like be a part of something, being connected, being collaborative, being a little competitive. Like when you factor in all of these, when you pepper in all of these spices, you just, you just make an amazing experience. Yeah. That resonates too on the, like, I just said like an example, something I was able to like incorporate in the classroom too would have been like annotations is something that's not very exciting <laughs> when you're going no. to text and need to just write down quotes for an essay that you're going to write weeks later. And, uh, so for our, our game, it had a dystopian. That was the whole point of the, that was the theme for that unit in literature. And so we really were trying to get them to sort of rebel against, or at least think about what it means to have to rebel against sort of an authoritarian, you know, mm -hmm. figure within that construct. And it, we actually said it in a school uh, and changed all the names and everything. But one of the challenges that they had was to write was to graffiti cool quotes from their book onto the walls of the classroom. And I had actually, through two dozen donuts, um, well, first of all, my theater, the theater teacher at the high school was one of my buddies, and he gave me some theater panels. And I used two dozen donuts to have the art department 
uh, go through and actually like create drab sort of chalkboard looking walls. And so we kind of change the walls of the classroom. And so then they get to go through with marker pens and write the quotes on the walls. And never have I ever had conversations with students about where does the period go? What goes in between, like for the citation itself, which is usually one of the, it's like pulling teeth to get them to be that detail oriented, but they didn't want their idea to be on the wall incorrectly. Uh, and then when they went to write their paper, it was more of a gallery walk where they're sort of going through seeing their quotes and other people's quotes. Oh, I like this one. And wait, where's that one from? And uh, it was, uh, it was really cool. We were just annotating. <laughs> right? and, like it really it was it. that and two dozen donuts but it, it changed uh so much of the vibe in there and uh, i've also had a chance to work with teachers and I, your your comment earlier about just that community that's built out of games i really heard with one of the math units that uh one of our math teachers just kind of laid a narrative over the top and uh when i interviewed his students afterwards you can listen to it it's one of our earlier podcasts yeah uh, they just said there are students who, because in our district, there are nine elementaries and they funnel into a middle school where they sort of are in teams and don't necessarily get to know everyone around them. And they get to high school and they don't know in a high school of almost 2000 students, they don't know for as many people as small town me likes to think that they do because I went to high school like 90. Right? Yeah. And so they were just talking about, wow, I just met my classmates and we came together and pushed one another and we got better, you know, as a group and, and gosh, isn't that what you want? Um, and so I guess I'll close all of this to say, how rewarding is all of this for the teacher? If you need any more motivation or reason to do it, that's yes. also a part of it too. So I hinted that when I defined sort of the three that I got to tell you, like, I have never had more fun as a teacher because when you start to really like go full throttle and you just like push it and you say like, I'm going to try this other thing. I'm going to try this other thing. I'm going to try this other thing. And you see how the students respond. One, it's addicting. And you're just like, well, let's throw another curveball." And this is like the crazy thing. You're like, my class by all measures is harder now than it's been in the past. Like mm -hmm. doing a gamified class for a student is, is difficult. It's challenging. Like I'm throwing things on them. I am making things intentionally like out of reach that they have to like do some things before they can do the thing that they used to have to do just straight away. Uh, but you see sort of the excitement, the enthusiasm. And as you said, Larger, you asked, you know, how rewarding is that? Uh, it is just priceless. Like the relationships I have with my students now are so like deep. Like I understand when you, when you sort of approach it as a game designer and you, ha you have to realize this, this is one thing I'll just tell you straight away. Everything you do is not going to reach every single student. So just like a good teacher trying different other methodologies inside gamification, there are all sorts of game mechanics. And sometimes this one's going to like inspire 20%. This one's going to inspire 15%. This one's going to inspire 5%. But they're all different groups you're hitting. So when you all of a sudden design that lesson, design that unit, design that one mechanic, like I, do I have time to give you like the silly one I'm doing this week? Yeah, go ahead. This is, I think practitioners listen in, right? And so that's, it's great to give a little like example. So let's go with it. So like this would be one that's like, no, it is not hitting percent, but the seven or 8% that it's hitting. One, our students, I wasn't super connecting with before and they are loving it. So in a gamified class, I do these things called side quests. They're like opt-in sort of like optional sort of projects, mini projects. And I had these little canisters from this class. I, they're like these little cosmetic canisters, tiny, like one inch and you could screw off the top and like there'd be a little 
pocket in the middle. And I glued a magnet to the bottom of it. And I put this symbol on it on the outside. Uh, and then I, in my gamify class, I sort of did the storyline that there's this like secret society, like watching what you do. And if, if you complete enough missions for the secret society, like you're going to get a bonus, you're going to get like a benefit. And I showed them the symbol. And so like, they know to be on the lookout for the symbol to, to initiate it. I made it pretty simple. Like I put that symbol on a, one of my dry erase boards and I wrote a little mini quest they could go do. And some kids did it. And then I took these magnetic ones and put a strip of paper in there with a side quest and hit them all over the school. Like I, you know, <laughs> underneath fire extinguishers, like in stairwells, whatever, like anything metal I'm attaching it to. And yeah. some of them are like super hidden. And like this 8%, I don't know, of kids are loving this. Like they're working together to try to figure out like, where is he hit him? Like, can we, can we come in during recess to sort of like look around, scan the halls for this kids that weren't doing some side quests before now are like finding these. And it's not just about finding them inside there. There's a, a meaningful quest they have to go on that reinforces vocabulary that reinforces writing. Uh, I invited some of the other teachers to be collaborative. I'm a world history teacher. So I said, like, do you guys have stuff you want to reinforce? So the math teacher's working on order of operations. So we oh, cool, threw cool. some things in there. The English teacher's doing poetry. So we did some haiku things. And like I said, these kids are just like on the lookout. But talk about like getting kids to sort of be excited to come to school. Like literally in the morning, this, these sixth graders who were kind of meh, wasn't super engaged are like it's may we understand yeah it's may it's may in wisconsin <laughs> like we haven't seen like the sun and green grass like, <laughs> we're like the polar bear coming out like yeah from hibernation <laughs> and uh coming back into school is not really what they want to do but sure. they are like they're coming they're excited about it, they're talking about it uh and again going back to the relationships the conversations i have with them i mean they're all razzing me like can you tell me where it is can you give me a hint you know like on one level, I could be super annoyed by all those conversations, but on another hand, it's like, <laughs> that's how much these kids are loving it. Like, yeah. and it's, what did it take me? Like I write on a slip of paper, like write a haiku about the dark ages. Cause that's what we're studying. Stick it in, clip it somewhere. And I'm on my, I'm on my way. Like yeah. it's not, not uh, that to do. And if you're the student, there's so many moments of excitement with that, right? There's the, uh, how excited are you when you find like these one piece and then there's the curiosity of what's mine going to say now that i have found this and then it's the you're doing a task that nobody else is doing that's right? true so no one else like can do that one knocking that one out and as you get it done like what is the value of this towards the game which influences i'm sure in your constructs like not only your ability as a player but probably your houses as well to earn oh, points yeah. and like other things and so there's just so many layers that well, all i do is write a haiku but 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 with such energy and commitment uh, that I think is really important. To yeah. And then like, if you're listening to that and kind of saying one, like you don't want to do that or two, maybe you don't care to do that. I just want to remind you that like what we're saying is all of this is connected to that central core of the relationship between my students and myself. And so this little fun moment outside my class, like definitely had an impact on our relationship and when they come into my class and I try to run through some lecture when I try to like run through like some test prep when I try to like ask them to try a little harder on their like papers and maybe like actually like treat it as a rough draft and actually go back and edit it like they actually care they're like you know this guy's this guy's doing me a solid on a daily basis I'll do him a solid 
which yeah. ultimately really is doing themselves a solid, which is all we care about as teachers. We want them to be the best they can be. Well, and, and ideas come from being able to sometimes just see what other people are doing and then taking that and applying it to future contexts. And so uh, to not only see how much fun that you have with creativity models something, but I think just even the mechanics or the, you know, just these little types of adventures like you're setting up for them uh, is something that they see and, and hopefully I'm sure will remember and who knows what future situation, oh. whether it's with their own family at home or in a career or in a relationship, you know, there's a lot of ways in which just thinking creatively like that can shape how you go about future actions in a different context. Talking about remember, uh, this week our seniors are done, uh, except for taking the finals. And so uh, I had a bunch, probably like 25 seniors in you know trickle throughout the week to come back here and all of them all of them like remembered what house they're in they're asking what house is in the lead now are you still doing this project oh this was my favorite do you remember this quest do you remember what i handed in for this like that's insane like i i'm a sixth grade world history teacher like <laughs> that can be pretty far removed from the 12th grader uh and to, to have those come back to like see, I guess, to see the true lasting impact of what you do and all of it, all of it. And we've heard this before as teachers, all of it was about the relationship. Mm -hmm. And like Absolutely. through that relationship, we're going to change the world. Well, I, uh, I think that's a good sort of jumping off point to talk a little bit about the conference and why, I'm excited to have you keynote day two to start us off with things. You know, your fervor and passion for education and reaching people and relationships, I think is just a positive message. And in, um, particularly with that keynote, uh, you and I sort of talked back and forth that we really would, are excited to try to get educators to not only learn from this conference, but then to be very intentional in their thinking about how they want to go uh, about making sure that what they learn actually comes into the implementation phase. And so that's kind of the message a little bit, right? That you're thinking for, for day 100%, two. hundred percent, guys. Like uh, a quote I absolutely love is by Casey Neistad. And I actually have it on my website. Boom. Like he's got prime real estate. And all it is is actions express priorities. So if we're going to take the time out of our days, out of our busy lives, if our districts are going to pay for these conferences to be had, if we're going to say as professionals that we are professionals, and if we're going to protest for greater pay, and all of those things are important, every single one of them. But then I think ultimately, like we have to use these opportunities for actual true growth. Like it's not just about learning, it's about doing. Like imagine in our own classrooms, it's not just that the kids hear how to write a good essay, they need to then actually go write a good essay. Right. Like this conference, you're going to hear all sorts of wonderful things. And if you could just take one or even two, maybe possibly three pearls from this and like apply those and use those, you are forever changed. And you've helped me reach my goal of changing the world. And you in turn are going to go and change that world. And we're going to get to that 60 million number for your district. Like it's, it's so incredible, but like, we cannot forget that action step. We got to step up to the line and like deliver and you don't have to deliver on all of them. Like that's not what your district's asking. Your district's giving you here is like a huge smorgasbord of like ideas, opportunities, 
find one that resonates with you and then like commit, commit to like trying to put it in practice as soon as you can. And Mm -hmm. depending on how much time you have left in your year, I would even challenge you. Like I tend to think of my fourth quarter as like a little incubator, you know, like these kids know what I'm doing. They understand me. I'm not having to waste time, like explaining the homework anymore. They kind of get it. You can just put one word up on the board and they're like, yep, I get what a writing prompt is. And I don't have to like describe it. Yeah. This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some of these new things and just openly admit to the kids, like just attended a conference. Somebody said, we should try this. And I, you know, I kind of want to try with you guys. What do you think? And have at it. And then you get that practice run out of the way and you're going to feel that much more confident to try it next year when you come back. See, this is why we're having you for day two. I'm, I'm already motivated. I'm excited. To, and, and I couldn't agree more that uh, I love the vision for this version of personalized learning. Cause there's a lot of different definitions and interpretations out there, but it really empowers the educator to say, you know, where do I want to start in what capacity and, and to respect the professional sensibility to know and, and, care enough to say like this is what matters and where it needs to go next and then to choose to invest in that Um, but also as you mentioned too to not be stagnant um, and and to really start to get it's a snowball effect that once you start to incorporate things and they go well and you get excited and you're you start to dream about what's possible in a way that drives you Uh, and and I think that PD loses that sometimes um, when it becomes more about one of the quotes I I really like um, and I mentioned on here sometimes too but it shifted action doesn't always result in shifted thinking that's like compliance, right? We're just going to like, like ask you to do something <laughs> versus shifted thinking always yep. results in shifted action. And so hopefully this conference will give people a chance to see the things they're doing a little bit differently, maybe through, you know, games uh, now in some context. Uh, but then by doing that and seeing that differently and having that excitement and that leads to change, uh, which is what we're all about. And I'd ask too, I guess, what are, so on day two, some of the sessions that you're going to share game wise, um, that'll shift people's thinking and, and yeah. yeah so I have delve into that a little bit. Give us a little, little sample of what to little sample. The three breakouts after the, the keynote. You'd be a busy guy that day. I will. I will. So, uh, so I start with kind of a one that's about just sort of games in general, like why we should play little things you could add. This is a nice one if you want to like dip your toe in and see kind of what gamification, game mechanics, game base, kind of all of it yeah. do for you. Uh, and you would leave with some probably new ideas and probably some refreshers for like some old ideas that you might have like heard about, some tech tools you've heard about, but maybe a different spin on them so that they can kind of become fresh again. Uh, that one's, that one's a nice one to start with. Uh, then from there, we kind of move into a deeper dive on the gamification. And then I, I also have a, a little kind of an, another view of immersive learning, like this idea of really trying to make kids feel the learning happen through gamification. So we're talking about like things you could add to your classroom. But there's some sort of progression going on there, right? So the first one's really like just dip your toe. The the middle one is kind of these game mechanics that you can use. And I kind of chose, there are like 40 different game mechanics that game designers use. I, I picked five that I think really could resonate and work with you guys and give you some concrete examples of how I use them and how you might use them. And then, like I said, the third one's kind of really trying to be an immersive learning experience where we're talking about really like theming out your unit and and kind of going the whole nine yards and then i've been like 
fortunate enough to also be able to present the day one too that sort of worked out it did yeah we were talking on the phone you're like i'm gonna be there day one can i attend and i was like well if you're gonna attend would you like to present and so you're excited to do that and i need to know too this is gonna be on your birthday so thanks for joining us <laughs> it is I, i'll um, be turning 21 so <laughs> again that's great. again that's really <laughs> um, <laughs> no but but and i love kind of the, the vision for this a little bit too because i and this is we're bringing up I feel like as you start to experiment and experience all these different things that you're trying to implement, right? You even talked about having to do some graphic work to design the logo for the top of those plastic containers that you're referencing. Yeah. You start to just get skills and you're like, oh, I, I can learn how to do this. And now I'm capable of doing that. And, uh, and it bleeds into things like video and audio and graphic design and stuff that I think just for lifelong learning and, and personal growth as a person are really rewarding. And I know you and I um, were on your podcast talking about creation and yeah. the joy that comes with that. Um, if day one to kind of shift out of games for you a little bit and to focus more on those, that aspect, right? Is kind of where that's going to go. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to have sort of non-gamified sessions there, non-gamification topics, uh, which I got to say, like, I absolutely love. Like gamification is definitely what I'm sort of known for. And I, I put out a lot, but you know, if you look kind of through my YouTube channel, you'll see like, I just love to share out and create. And so it's not all games, gamification, like I'm a teacher just like you and I share out different teacher ideas. And so one of the sessions for sure is going to be YouTube and kind of the power of YouTube to reflect and grow and learn for us as educators. So we're not talking about like using YouTube for like student assignments or something like that. We're talking about like how you could either grow by sort of following certain channels and accessing those channels or possibly taking the leap to maybe even start your own YouTube channel uh, as a reflective piece. Uh, it has been super awesome for me. I absolutely love it. And I really encourage anybody and everybody that, that wants to do it. And then uh, the other one, uh, we're, we're sort of bantering back and forth here on what uh, yep. the other one should be. So that, that one's gonna be a little bit of a surprise for all of you, but uh <laughs> It'll be, it'll, be, it'll be fun though. It'll be fun. For me, it, the, my last like month has really just been devoted to getting sessions together and talking with people and trying to decide how do we make sure we don't have all math at one point in time or all, you know, secondary in a, in a particular portion of this conference and, uh, um, and sort of allocating that all out just to, to have such a wealth of experiences and ideas and people coming in that are you know, probably 90% of the people presenting are still in the classroom doing this work. Uh, and it's, there's something, uh, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love also that we, we have to have people kind of out there driving messages and, and theory and the motivation and the why, and, and to also sort of zoom out of the classroom and be in a number of classrooms, which is kind of the role that I'm in now, uh, to where you're sort of learning from being able to, to do a little more of that 30,000 foot. But, but I think as a classroom teacher, some of the best stuff you can get is like, wait, what did you do in your classroom? Oh, that's really cool. It sounds like something mm -hmm. I could do. And you just can relate to somebody that's living that uh, day in and day out. And so I think that it's gonna be really great to have a little bit of everything there uh, from games to YouTube to keynote that's gonna tell us how to, how to use all that uh, intentionally once, once we get out of that experience. I, like I said, I'm super jazzed to be there. I hope uh, to meet many of you. So like I said, come on up, say hi, uh, ask any questions, connect. If you're listening to this ahead of time, you know, check out mrmatera.com. Uh, there you can connect with like my YouTube channel, my podcast. Would love it if you, you know, give those things a subscribe. And again, like be bold, like 
put a comment on there. Like I respond to every single one, like teachers, like we're in this together. So give a watch, ask a question, share out ideas, whatever, grow. Uh, and that's what, uh, that's what I've appreciated about knowing you and, and your message and, and the net that you've cast as far as sharing. And I think that uh, um, our, our work is never over um, in changing the world, but you're certainly doing a lot to do that. So thanks for that um, on the day to day. Thanks for joining us here at the end of May, May 29th and 30th. It's going to be fun. So thanks for your time, Michael. I really appreciate it. No problem. Take care. Yep. You too. Well, that's a wrap on another great episode. For more information or to contact us directly, you can email our team at personalized.learning at westside66.net. As always, thanks for tuning in and learning from the Westside Personalized Podcast.